episode 80 with the amazing Teresa Hansen. This is brought to you guys. Episode. Uh, episode 80 with the amazing Teresa Hansen is brought to you by Good Lad Clothing and Parkside Brewery. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoops Journey. This is a special episode for me personally. Um, someone who is a, a friend, a mentor, someone who I looked up to for many years and continue to do so. She had the honor of babysitting her daughter. So there's a bit of a trust factor there, I believe. More importantly, a powerful, strong woman in the field of athletics. Someone who some might say, is the best baller in the family, but that is neither here nor there. And maybe we'll get into that tonight, but someone who has worked very hard in her career and maybe people out there don't know just how great of a basketball player she was. I am absolutely thrilled to have none other than Miss Teresa Hansen on. How are you? Hi, Aaron. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. No worries. You know, I was actually driving today and I was thinking to myself how long we've actually known each other. And I don't want the people to know because it will age us both. And looking at ourselves, I would say age is treating you well, but uh, I will use my five-year-old as the excuse. You have a grown woman who lives overseas. All you have to do is take care of your husband, which at times is probably a full-time job, but it is an honor to have you on. How's things getting in close to the Christmas holidays? Not sure when this episode will come out, but that's where we're at. And tell us a little bit about life for you these days. And congratulations on an amazing event on November 20th with UBC versus SFU. So cool for the basketball community. So cool to see the support. Amazing win for Coach Hanson, who's just an awesome guy. Uh, the other Coach Hanson, which we will also get into. There's so many layers here. But Go Hansons. You got it, right? There you, there you go. You can just get a shirt that says Go Hansons. But <laughs> congratulations on the success there. And, and how's life for you as we get into crazy times of, you know, 2022 now? Uh, Aaron, thank, there's, there's a lot there. But mm-hmm. I first want to say, you know, when we first met, I think you had just changed your colors from blue to green. That's correct. Okay? Correct. Right, so from Capilano to Langara, the Mighty Falcons all those years ago. And that's when that's when we first met. So that's uh, going back a few years, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a lot of water's come under the, gone under the bridge since then. <laughs> yeah, to say the least, no to doubt. To say the least. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, the, um, gosh, the landscape of college sports and, and well, sports in general has mm-hmm. been pretty crazy for the last couple of years. And it's really hard to believe that we've been, we've been at this pandemic for, well, gosh, a good couple of years going into the third year. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, navigating that has been nothing short of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it changes every day, as we know. And um, but um, super happy and super proud of the fact that we're able to compete this year and all the efforts that it took to to be able to let our have our student athletes travel and uh, and play games. Mm-hmm. And that basketball game you're referring to on, on November 20th was the first basketball game in our gym in two years. It's crazy, Easy, right? It's crazy since, you know, we, 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 you and I, and all of us, we've, we've grown up around sport and we've never had 
a break like that for that mm-hmm. reason. So it's, it's been pretty extraordinary for sure, but um really happy that we're back. And, and that's the best part of my job is watching the student athletes. So mm-hmm. that was, uh, it was a pretty special night to yeah. have the gym packed and a great game. And uh, yeah, it was just such a great environment. Yeah. And you happen to choose my son's birthday for the game. So oh. I wasn't able to come, but I did watch. Happy the... b- belated birthday, Eli. You know what I've, you know what I've really appreciated though. And, and I think it's even fast track more is the, the online availability, right? So that he was in bed. So I did get to watch the second half on like YouTube. And I think that's very cool. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID is least we've thought more about streaming options and making it available to people that are, you know, and being with SFU so many and Steve having a focus of, you know, American athletes or out of town athletes for that, those families be able to watch it. I think it's a lot of people are buying into that more and, and, and Canada West offering it as well. Mm-hmm. And, and just sort of, I think probably a lot more viewership, but it was cool. I was like, Hey, wait, I think I can actually watch this. And, <laughs> and I found the game, right? Yeah. That's, and that, I mean, that's been, you know, obviously like, like everybody, you've had to do things a bit differently over the last mm-hmm. couple of years and, and some things we did before and, and which we've had to fine tune and, and do a little bit more of and, and webcasting is one of them. Yeah. I think we've been able to fine tune it so much that it's actually great. You tell me how the quality was. It's pretty, you know, we've got great oh, equipment. We, we, um, I think we do a pretty good job with that. And, and it's great to be able to watch the games if you can't get there in person for sure. Oh, it was unreal. There was different camera angles and replays and it was, it was cool. Yeah. yeah. It was oh, awesome. Thanks for that. I think, you know, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but mm-hmm. I think one of the neatest things for me is obviously my attachment to both schools, right. <laughs> and to having uh, alumni and fans of the game from both schools that were there. It was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That's good. And, and I'm glad that both coaches and programs and, you know, athletic directors agreed to do it. Cause it, I, that was part of my history when I was at Langara in those days, you know, friends that played on the Hill, friends that played at UBC. And I right. think it was such a fun rivalry and it, it was very cool that, cause it's, it's, it can be, you know, in the back of their minds, it's, you know, if we lose this game, will it affect a recruit or will something happen? But it's just so good for the province, I think in general. So it was very, very cool. Oh, for sure. No, I think it was really, thank you. I think it was really great for the community. And, and, you know, Kevin and I had talked about that in COVID, just not knowing, you know, what the season would look like and and how uncertain things were. And there happened to be an opening Mm -hmm. and, you know, him and Steve talking about it, it just, it just, it worked out and and it worked out, it worked out really well. Well, you got it for some more than others, but depending on who you ask, it worked out really well. Go Hansons. It's gonna be that I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> little little fist pump too. Well, let's get right into it. Tell us about yourself, your life as a young person growing up, where you grew up, and and sort of just how sport started to become into your life and how basketball became into your life. I think there's a lot of factors here that people that know you on the outskirt and see you maybe in the, in the media or as a, as an athletic director, you got a very cool story and it's part of the reason I'm excited to have you other than you just being awesome. So yeah. <laughs> Fire well, away. You know, I was fortunate to grow up into, in uh, this beautiful city of trail in the Kootenays. And um, that is a great sport community has been mm-hmm. for years and years. And, and, uh, and I was certainly the benefactor of that for sure. My dad, who is my hero and always will be, he uh, got us into sports really early. And he was a huge proponent for multi-sports. 
So, you know, I think I started with uh, gymnastics and went into swimming and played softball and then baseball and uh, came up. And, you know, one of the first females to um, the baseball coach said, hey, the little hardball. Hey, hardball. Hey, Tristan, why don't don't you come and, uh, and play baseball? So I was pretty excited about that. You know, I think I was 11 at the time, but also at the same time, I was big into track. And so I was, I grew up as a quite a multi-sport athlete. And my dad, as I said, you know, he always, he wanted us to be active and and get involved in the community. And and that's what we did. So I was very fortunate to, to grow up in a household like that, that I had that huge support. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, as I, as I got a little bit older, it really was basketball and track and field that I spent most of my high school days, either at the track or at the gym or in the weight room or both on most days. And it was great. You know, from there, I, uh, earned a scholarship to go down to Lewis Clark State down in Idaho. And at that time, uh, LC State, they still are an NAIA school, but our league was all the schools that we're competing against now at Simon Fraser. So mm-hmm. I competed against Simon Fraser and uh, and then all the schools, you know, down the kind of the Pacific Northwest or the, the Pacific Coast. So it um, that was a great experience down in Lewiston. So my, my love for sport started at a very young age and, and continued. Um, all the way through. And it was interesting when I, when I graduated from high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. And I wasn't sure I wanted to keep going to school. I, like I, I, when I look back now, I think, what the heck, how, why was I thinking that? But I just really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to Selkirk College for a year and played basketball there. And that just happened to be one of the best years at Selkirk College for all our teams, basketball and volleyball and, and soccer. At that time, the BCCAA or the now PacWest is called the Totem Conference. Mm. And we actually did great, came down to, at that time, Vancouver Community College, was still green, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and uh, we played in the BC Championships, or the Totem Conference Championships at the time, so we won our semifinal game, and we played in the final against BCC, so now no like and we lost. And at that time, there was one birth to the national championships and and, uh, and okay. we lost. So that was my first introduction to Langara campus at the time of Vancouver, at Vancouver Community College. So that was my first year out of high school. And then I went down to Lewis Clark on a basketball scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I was um, convinced I was going to be a PE teacher. And I, I enrolled at that time into physical education. There was no kinesiology at that time. And the day before classes started, I changed my mind. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be involved in sport somehow in my whole life. I don't, I don't want to be teaching it. I want, mm-hmm. I'm going to be involved, but I, um, I really like business. So I totally switched and I went into business and that was uh, never turned back. It was the best decision I made. Mm. So I had the best of both worlds, learned yeah. about business and, and um, you know, was able to play basketball for four years down there. So it was, uh, it was a neat, uh, pretty cool experience. It's awesome. And you just summarized the whole podcast in three minutes. So anyways... <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hoop's Journey. Any, um, any questions for when I was 10? Because I kind yeah. of scooted by that. We just, broke, we just broke the record for shortest episode ever. Dom Zimmerman did the same thing too. He was episode one. So clearly you haven't listened to anything other than your husband. <laughs> he talked for like three hours. I mean, come on, T. Slow down a little. Pump I know. Sorry here. about that, Aaron. It's okay. Sorry no, about no, no. That. It's okay. It's you okay. Know. You didn't say, you know, you kind of said in 100 words, you know. You're right. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. I asked you like 15 questions in one, but I'll do my job and bring it back. Okay. Bring it back. Let's go back back to being in a small community. I think people, you know, you said it was amazing, but what was amazing about it? I envision of just 
everybody sort of knowing each other and the the five things that you're doing on a weekend, you can get to within five minutes or 10 minutes, right? You know, the person at the corner store, you know, the local construction guy, if you need that, a mechanic, I think, you know, having the opportunity to go to trail and experience it and, and, and hang out there is, is, it is very cool. And I think those small communities that buy into sport as well, just makes for an even better experience, right? And, and, and reflect on a little bit of that and that time. And then, why was it basketball and track? Like, what, were, mm-hmm. what was it about those things? Because those are two, I mean, those are very different things, right? You're talking about one of the ultimate team sports as opposed to a very individual sport. So interesting how your brain was working at that age mm-hmm. already. Yeah, you know, um, trail was a great community and that was part of it, the word community. So like you said, you know, if, if I couldn't get a ride from my mom or dad or, or a teammate, it was either an aunt and uncle <laughs> or, you know, we're Italian, right? We had a, we had a huge family in trail. So, you know, there was, there was always a cousin going or, or a, you know, a neighbor going. So it just, it just worked. And trail is known for a great sport community. So there was always parents involved. There was always, like I said, someone either on the street or the next street over that was going to the same practice or whatever it was. You know, your, your family friend was the coach of the softball team. You're, you know, it just, that's just how, how it worked. And, you know, when I think about it growing up, I mean, trail, of course, is a big hockey town. Of course. There was always, I don't know, some superstar that was there either coaching or helping or, and it, it was just kind of, I guess we kind of took, didn't take it for granted, but it was, it was there all mm-hmm. these. And, and sometimes in a small town, you don't have all those opportunities, but we did, mm-hmm. you know, we had it on a smaller scale, of course, than, you know, like living in Vancouver, but we had all those opportunities growing up. So that was, that was the, the, the neatest part about it. Yeah. And then the community and the community supported it. Yeah. And, it, and even sometimes even better opportunities, not to, to compare or whatever, but, you know, we had Casey Archibald on and talking about, I could get into Salmon Arm Gym whenever I wanted, right? Like, because someone had a key and there was no, it wasn't a liability. It wasn't, there's 40 forms we need to fill out or, you know, we need a janitor who we have to pay a hundred dollars an hour. It was like, no, this is just the right thing to do. And here's someone who's keen and we're going to, we're going to support that. So I think, well, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, in our case, you know, my dad taught at the high school, he was the basketball coach. He was the shop teacher. He had the keys to the school. So, um, you know, we were, we'd go up to, we, by the time I got into high school, he would drive us in the morning. We'd go early. I'd go and shoot or do whatever. And, you know, we were always around the school and always around the gym. You know, I remember as young kids on Christmas day, as my mom's cooking Turkey for, you know, family, (laughs) It's like, get these kids out of the house. house. Yeah. Dad would load us up in the station wagon and off and off we'd go to the, to the gym and we got new bikes for Christmas. We'd ride our bikes in the gym or we'd get out all the balls and we'd play basketball or volleyball or whatever it was. And uh, so that was, that was pretty, we were pretty lucky, but so yeah, lots, lots of our growing up years um, revolved around the gym or the Mm -hmm. rink or the track, you know, name it, you know, we we were involved so much in the community. I love how you also brought up the fact that your dad emphasized just different activities and sports, right? I mean, I, it warmed my heart because like we got Eli's and he just finished b-ball, which I could care less. Like, I don't, yeah. it doesn't matter to me, but he's going into gymnastics and taekwondo, right? Because we want right. to learn a bit of self-control, but gymnastics, like he loves that. And as an athletic director of a high program, you still feel the same way about multi-sport at a younger age. And, and we're in this really interesting pocket of time where I feel like there's even more pressure. Hockey's very unique that way. You brought up hockey. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not 
being scouted at 14, then there's really not a chance because you got to make the dub, right. Or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. but for all these other sports, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking with Kyle uh, Russell about baseball and how it just teaches you to think ahead, right. Two, yeah. three plays yeah. ahead. So do you still feel that same way a little bit? And when, you know, just from your experience, do you think kids sort of look to specialize if ever? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, um, that's always a good discussion. Yeah. On who you're talking mm-hmm. to, right? Yeah, but yeah. I'm a huge proponent of multi-sport, especially at a young age. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really important for lots of reasons. Hand-eye coordination, you know, whether it's baseball, as, as you said, right? Or whether, you, or you, in track, you learn how to run. Mm-hmm. If you can learn how to run, you can play soccer, you can play basketball, you can you can do a lot of things. So I'm I'm a huge proponent of it. I really, I don't know if, it, if it's healthy to, to play one sport your entire life. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, there's exceptions to all of that, right? But I do think, you know, when you look at young girls that get out of sport at the age of 12 and 13, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's burnout, maybe it's other reasons. But if you have that multi-sport experience, you've also got that social piece that goes to it as well. And uh, I, d- I just think it's it's really good. It's good for your body. It's good for your mind. You know, you use those same muscles for the same sport all the time. You know, you see knee injuries, you see, you know, different, different types of injuries. So I, um, yeah, I'm a big proponent and I still am today, you know, in terms of what age, I think by the time you get into your, your junior high, high school, you know, you're really starting to, to figure out which sport you like the best, right. And, and, and sure. what, you're, what you're best at. And then you really do, if that's something you want to do after, after high school, you do really need to hone your skill a lot more. Mm-hmm. But uh, elementary school, no question, multi-sport. Okay, you fast forwarded through a lot, but we got the Selkirk year and everything. So you said that you just didn't know what to do. And I and I feel like, you know, being a high school teacher, it's even more this, you know, nowadays, these kids, the pressure that they're 17 turning 18, supposed to like think Figure about what how, you do for the rest of your life. <laughs> and you think about how much you change between 19 and 25. It's like crazy, right? How did you sort of get to that point? And did Selkirk create recruiting opportunities for you or in high school were there recruiting opportunities were people talking to you and you know I'm just interested about that a little bit yeah you know what in high school in high school there was actually when I was in grade 12 I think it was Stanley Humphreys high school in Castlegar hosted the uh, provincial championships for girls Ah, and you know what? I can't remember if it was the double A championships. I can't remember that that part of it then. Yeah. But it was hosted at Selkirk College, and uh, and we we had won, of course, the the East West Kootenay. So JL Crow, you know, uh, the the Hawkeyes at the time. You know, we yes. we went in as as the the Kootenay seed, right? Of course, we got thumped, you know, in in the tournament, <laughs> but it was a really cool experience. And Selkirk College at that time, their gym was brand new. It was a mm-hmm. beautiful facility. So I had that taste of it, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was recruited. Actually, I was recruited by both UBC and SFU at the time. And small town girl, I, I really didn't want to go to Vancouver. Mm. You know, and looking back now, I, I don't know why that scared me, but it did at the time. And I, and I, so I wasn't, I wasn't ready to do that. I was, you know, my birthday's late in the year. So I was 17 when I graduated. And yep. um, so I actually worked that summer. And at that time I was, um, still competing in track. And so I just worked hard, worked out all summer long. And then there was a new coach at Selkirk who recruited me, who mm. said, come, come to Selkirk. 
just, you know, you, you should be going to school and take your first year university transfer courses and play some basketball. And so I remember going home and this is late August and saying to my mom and dad, wait, what do you think? You know, coach Manders, she said, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it was my, my folks were thrilled. So that's what happened. Went to Selkirk. I really enjoyed it. I lived at home. Yep. There was a whole bunch of us. We commuted, you know, it was about a half an hour drive. So we had a little carpool system going mm-hmm. and actually it, it was great for me. I, I grew up a lot. I uh, kind of learned some of the courses that I liked and some I didn't. I wasn't a great student at Selkirk, but I love the basketball. <laughs> and, are, you, uh, are you talking about me or you? I know, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I know. Was, you know what's really resonating with me right now is just how, why Langara and the College League was such a good fit and why you were so good at what you did because you understood it so much. You were that yeah. person. You were that human being not yeah. that long ago, but oh, okay. just understanding yeah. sort of, all right, I'm not ready to go to university. I have the skills and talents, but I need to just, I need to get something under my wings here before I can move on. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I I just, Mm -hmm. I needed to figure it out. And, you know, both Kevin and I, because he he did Langara too, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, He, or did the college system first before going to UBC and huge proponent of that, especially when you don't really know. That's one factor. But the other factor is it's great education, as you know, Mm -hmm. and it really helps set you up. So, so I did that that year. And I, um, like I said, wasn't a great student, but I was, uh, I, I loved the entire experience. And, um, and that, you know, that, that led to other things. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounded like it changed a lot for you, right? As opposed to, yeah. I mean, who knows, you look back and think, okay, well, maybe if I went to UBC, but then maybe three months in, you get crazy homesick, or you fail a couple of classes, and that changes things, but you got your feet under you. And next thing you know, you go to friggin Lewis and Clark, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in it's interesting, right? Like, just, and so why? You know, my dad, like my, yeah. like, you know, some people have asked me why, why'd you go down to the States? So my dad, he, he played at Gonzaga for a couple of years. And then, uh, and then, yeah, Gozags, his favorite team. And then he um, ended up getting his master's at Eastern Washington. Okay. So very familiar with, you know, Spokane and Cheney, yep. Washington. And, you know, Lewiston's kind of down, just down the road from there. And my older brother also went to Eastern Washington because that connection with my dad. So there was a little bit of a connection there. And there was a um, former student of my dad's that uh, was also teaching at the Crow. And then he went to be the pitching coach at Lewis Clark State. So that was the connection to Lewis Clark State. Oh, okay. And uh, Gary Pacconi. And Gary Pacconi was a big baseball guy and ended up being actually later on the athletic director at Lewis Clark State. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the connection. And then um, I was recruited to play down there. And my dad took me down and we visited the campus. And yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Except that I changed changed what I wanted to study the day before classes, which was made things a little difficult, but awesome. I did it. <laughs> I love it. And and I'm glad that you're sharing that because I want to get into that too. But if we if we were to survey and ask like your husband, he would say that you don't pass the ball a lot. But <laughs> I would say that if you just get buckets, what's the point in passing? So tell us about that time. You're not gonna you're not gonna fluff your pillows and pump pump your own tires here. But how was the experience down there? after just a year at Selkirk and being someone from a small community, what was eye opening to you as, as a, as what were you considered a freshman? Like, did you lose a year at Selkirk or was I did. it? A, yeah. yeah I okay. lose so a you're a sophomore. Year. Yeah. yeah. So you step on campus and you know, they get those butterflies, but what were the, what were the things that were eye opening and what were the things where you were like, 
internally like no I got this like there had to have been something or else you wouldn't have gone right yeah no you know it was um I guess I wanted I wanted a different experience a lot of my friends went went to UBC or to SFU at the Mm -hmm. time and uh, I wanted a different experience there was that but I knew nobody except that pitching coach I, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody so I remember my mom and dad driving me down to Lewiston you know about a five hour drive from trail Mm -hmm. I had all my stuff with me in there they dropped me off at at, at residence and which at the time was only a girl's residence there's a girl's residence and a guy's residence right separate yeah yeah Yeah. and uh (laughs) and they dropped me off and you know probably a good thing probably a good thing yeah so they get me all set up your dad probably appreciated that (laughs) he was very excited about (laughs) that yeah so they got me all all set up and Etc. And then they and then they get ready to leave. Well, I start crying, and in that moment, it's like, what? What am I doing? I don't know anybody. And I think I cried for two days. And <laughs> but then you know what? You have your team. I was going to say, and you're living in residence, and everyone's in the same boat you are. It was my first time away from home, and but I was ready. Uh, once I stopped crying, I was ready <laughs> for that. <laughs> you're older. So I think that was a little bit of an aha moment. Like, yes, I I, um, I was sad to leave home, right, for the first time and going to miss my parents, my family and everything, but I was ready for it. And then it, um, you know, just start meeting a lot of people and, and a lot of the other athletes and, and it uh, just kind of went from there. So I, I guess I did have what you'd call that maybe typical, I don't know if that's the right word, but university experience in that first year. So it really was my freshman year away from home but my second year of college. So yeah, I, I, I liked it. And Hey, it came with some bumps along the road, you know, um, like everything does, but uh, you got to kind of figure things out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I had to certainly do that, but, but yeah, I was, I was ready to take that on and it worked out. Okay. Absolutely. That's her uh, telling everyone that she lit up a lot of ladies <laughs> along the way. That's what she was saying right there. And yeah, I never, I never, I never met a never met a ball I didn't like, right? Never met yeah. a shot I didn't like. Yeah. 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 Someone's got to do it. Yeah. We so all yeah, have, I was, we all I have was roles. starting starting point guard and then I kind of morphed to a little bit of a two guard. But at that time, Aaron, we played with the big ball, the men's ball. Can I pause you for a sec? Yeah. You've also for the listeners that don't know, you've called me Aaron more in the okay. 34 minutes we've been online here. Than I think you have since 1997, but that's okay. Okay. It's all good. Kind of like I have to look around. What is she talking to me? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. So so we played, uh, I think it was my second year at university where we changed the balls, right? Went to the smaller ball and never had, and we didn't have the three point line until my, until after I finished. So when you look at my stat sheets there, Mitch, it's all say. two points. Okay. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> Do the math, people. Do the math. Hey, right? here, here's something for you. Okay. All Please right. do. I pulled up this, uh, my little scrapbook. Yeah, you did. Yes, you oh. did. Okay. I'm so excited. this is 1985. Okay. Yes. I won't tell you how old I was, but that's okay. Yeah. You weren't even born yet. <laughs> but anyway, right? Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. So, yeah. so at the time we played in, um, you know, the NAI, I think had two divisions in basketball. So we were division one. Yeah. And uh, we had started that year playing U of I as a non-conference game. And in our league was Gonzaga, 
and Whitworth. And then, you know, Seattle University and PLU and I can't remember. And then we move all the way up to Simon Fraser, Western Washington. Western, yeah. We were playing Gonzaga at Lewiston. They had this guard on their team that was 5-4 and dynamite, dynamite. So All-American, she, she was really great. So anyway, this, this game, we end up losing. We lost by 13. It was 85-72. But Maria was her name, the point guard. Her and I just went at it this entire game. So at the end of the game, here's her stat line. She was 15 for 27. What? Two for three from the line. She had four rebounds, three fouls for 32 points. Okay. Here's my stat line. 13 for 19, seven for eight from the line, three rebounds, four fouls, 33 points. Do the math, people. Do the math. (laughs) A lot of twos. A lot of two-pointers. And you had more free throws, but hey. And I had more free throws. Hey. But that's it amazing. Was, uh, you pulled that up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, thought I, I gotta I gotta look back because I forgot about that. But um and it was a really strong league. Mm-hmm. We weren't great. We we made playoffs two out of those four years, but uh it was a great experience, I have mm-hmm. to say. I learned a lot. So and sometimes well, sometimes you know you you learn what not to do, you know, both as a student and, and, you know, later on as, as when I dip my toe into coaching, you know, mm-hmm. you learn, you learn a lot. Um, For sure. So yeah, it was a good experience. And what was the coaching staff like compared to what you had seen up to that point was because you were in the States, was the level more intense? Did you have more coaches with eyes on you, more individuals? Did you feel like you were improving as a basketball player because of that? Or there, there yeah. I go again. I just asked you 15 questions. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Just don't you end know, up at SFU after this question, okay? Don't, <laughs> end, <yeah. laughs> don't fast forward all the way there. Go, go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the end. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for having me on the show yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah. When I went to Lewiston, believe it or not, it, it wasn't that. It was maybe 10 years after Title IX. Title IX is a federal civil rights law in the United States of America that was passed as part of the Education Amendments of 1972 that prohibits sex-based discrimination in any school or other educational program that receives funding from the federal government. Wow. So we were the lady warriors at the time. Oh, okay. Didn't like that, but that's what we were. I would say, yeah, it was pretty intense. At that point in your life, that that stuff was already pissing you off. Like, I'm just curious. Yeah. Like you're like, that's not appropriate. You know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I thought it wasn't appropriate, but I I thought it's not necessary. Right. Right. So a little bit of different thinking at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I was pretty naive coming from trail for sure. So I had a lot of, I had a lot of uh, eye opening experiences in Lewiston for sure. Oh, I bet. Um, I would say much more intense, much more. I mean, you're practicing every day. You're, you know, we just started doing weight training then. Yeah. Right. So it was, I mean, I, I came from that background because of, you know, track and field and, and basketball and stuff at home, but you know, so all of that was really, I would say, from my perspective, so different then than what it is now. And mm-hmm. uh, oh. so, you know, it was learning. We didn't have strength coaches. We didn't have athletic therapists. We were lucky we had someone that tape our, tape our ankles, right? Mm-hmm. But we had, you know, quite a few coaches on the coaching staff. So, and it was intense. It was, it was, uh, so that part was definitely eye-opening for sure. And you thrived. So 
and it's, and you make a good point too. It's like, you know, we, we were doing what like bench and squats and now, you know, what's a functional movement. We wouldn't, you know what I mean? We were just yeah. doing what we thought. Right. So yeah, and, so and, and we were doing it in, in the way we thought was right, but oh my gosh, if we did that same thing today. We'd that's why when you get out of bed every morning, you're like, what is that? Oh, that was probably the bad exercise I was doing in uh, yeah. 1987. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I knew I should have stretched more. Yeah. Now I want to dive more into your eating humble pie. So you're being annoying, but uh, the professional career, you, you really touched on that just before class starts made mm-hmm. that change. And, the, and I really was thinking about this in the car again today about asking questions to you and why, and what was it? Did you ever did think about that? that? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Why did you, you know what? It's interesting in high school, I had a counselor that was also um, my basketball coach in grade 12. And I think, you know, Neil Fricky. Of course. And Neil's one of my all-time faves and a mm-hmm. uh, very good friend to this day. And yeah, he did a lot for basketball in the community in trail. Was he one of yeah. those guys, like a, like a Richie Chambers that didn't have the certification as a counselor, but was probably better than most certified counselors. Cause it was like, probably, yeah. Like, Hey, we wanted to be the counselor. And then it's like, wow, he's probably better than the people that have the degrees. Yeah. In this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of those people that makes everybody feel good mm-hmm. and, and really listens and teaches mm-hmm. while he, you know, yeah, he, he, he was great. And um, when I was in grade 12, I, I think the class was general business or something like that. And we had to go do a placement. So they mm-hmm. placed you in the workplace for two weeks or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I was placed and I wanted, I wanted an office atmosphere. I loved, you know, I had taken typing in, in grade 11 and yes. grade 12 <laughs> and uh, you know, not to age myself, but in those days typing was on the manual typewriters, you know, right? manual typewriter. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I said to Mr. Fricky at the time, he says, so what do you want to do, Teresa? Here's some options. I said, I want to be in an office. So my placement was at the Hudson's Bay and I was nice. in the office and I, and I really liked it. And that was just like an administrative type job. So I don't know, I guess that always kind of stuck with me. And uh, my mom was also, uh, she worked at the, uh, the junior high school in the office. She was the assistant, the um, secretary to the principal. So very organized. And, and um, so I, I liked that. So I think by the time I went to LC, and yes, I was always, you know, I grew up with sports and I, I was a tomboy growing up and I was always at the gym with my dad. And and so I thought I'm always going to do that. I'm always going to be involved in sports some way and being active. So I, I think I like business. I want, I want to learn more about business. And that's, it was just, it was cool. one of those things I woke up one day, I thought, you know, and I was looking at the school calendar, I thought, mm-hmm. wow. There's, there's some business courses here. And, and, and wow. And then I found out, wow, you got an actual degree. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So yeah. And I never looked back and I, and I loved it from the minute I started it. And because I changed my mind the day before I couldn't get all the classes. Right. So it actually took me a little bit longer. So I actually did an associate of applied science degree first. Oh, wow. And those courses, they actually contributed to my bachelor of business degree. Okay. So, but it was very practical. And very, um, you know, I learned all sorts of computer work and, and, uh, and then of course went into the business, the economics and, and all of that. And, and I, and I loved it. So yeah, the business school was great. I was the outstanding graduate in the business school when I graduated and, uh, yeah, never looked back. Loved, loved the business part of it. That's cool. And it makes so much sense, right? The athletics with the business. Yeah. And so you finish up at LCE. What's the next step for you? What's the next phase? 
how do you start to get the ball rolling for yourself? Yeah. So, you know, it's always an interesting thing when you finish university, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do I do? Where am I going to go? Um, you know, <laughs> this nice piece of paper that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now what? Yeah, what do, I do? Yeah. <laughs> do I frame it? Do I put it in a binder? Where are you <laughs> so I, um, I moved to Vancouver and uh, started to look for a job. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing was I originally went to Calgary because my sister was living in Calgary and to look for work. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of work in Alberta. Mm. But funny how, how things, how things uh, right. change, right? <laughs> so then I came to Vancouver. I had some cousins that lived here. I got my first job. My gosh, it was a company called BC Healthcare Systems at the time. And it was just an admin job. Wasn't very fun. Didn't really like it. But then I got a job with a brokerage firm. And I worked with uh, Loan on Dachi McCutcheon at the time. They're no longer, but uh, I worked with one of the brokers there and I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, pretty crazy time in the 1980s before the market crashed and, and amazing experience. So that's when I thought, yeah, I like this business. Is that when things. you met Karen? Is that when you met Karen? That's when I met Karen. Yes. Yeah. 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 So Karen, actually, Karen had worked there before I started, same place. Yeah. And then she went on to work for a financial planning company. Yeah. And as as life has it, I ended up going to work because it was through her that they were looking for an opening mm-hmm. that I uh, moved from the brokerage industry to financial planning. For the listeners out there, this is a sidebar of me and Teresa Hansen's um, lives that we've known each other for this long, that my wife's stepmother-in-law, stepmother, so my stepmother-in-law is best friends with Karen who knew Teresa and we didn't discover it till Reagan and I were dating for a bunch of years. So that's how weird the world is. So yeah, it's truly a small just, world. It just hit me right yeah. there. I was like, this must be when Karen came into play. Yeah. Uh, KJ and I have been T-bag. friends. and KJ. We've been friends for a long time. That's amazing. <laughs> a long time. Love it. So, so yeah. And I, so I, I did the, the brokerage and the financial planning for gosh, about six years. And then um, a friend of ours, Duncan McCallum, was retiring from AD at Langara. And at the time, Kevin was, co- uh, was he coaching at Langara? Yes, he was coaching at Langara at the time, just started coaching there. And he told me about the job. Because what do you think? And at that time, you know, I was kind of at a little bit of a crossroads thinking, okay, I either got to dive right in to this financial planning, or I got to get out. Mm-hmm. And I always loved the sport admin, right? And because actually, one thing I did forget to tell you is when I was at Lewis Clark State, my uh, job, I worked in the athletic department as a student worker, and they had hosted the World Series of Baseball for two or three years. No way. So I, I did, I ran the tickets. I did the whole ticket, sorry, the tournament headquarters, and I ran the tickets for that. So that's how I got my feet into a little bit of sport admin. That's so, cool. Yeah. So I really liked it. So when that job came up, I thought, wow, opportunity to use a little bit of both, some business chops and some, and, uh, and then the sport knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I um, applied for the job, not really knowing what to expect, but I, I was really super excited about it. And then I got it. And I remember that very first day I started, I literally pinched myself thinking, this is where I need to be. And yeah. this is where I am going to be for my career. Mm-hmm. Never knowing, you know, whether it was going to be Langara or somewhere else, but that I just, I loved it. And that's mm-hmm. rest is history. So that's it. Thanks very much for having you on, me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> Not a freaking chance, man. Do you know what year that was? What year did you start at Langara? Uh, yeah, uh, 1994. And you oh, came. Crap. You were only that young of an AD when I got there. Hey, wow, you you fooled me, man. I thought, thought you were. Well, you AD thought I was like... way older, hey? No, old. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't speak ill yeah. on many people. You know, I'm not speaking ill on you. That's no. come on, you're at the bottom. You, I was saying like, you fooled me because you were so professional. Very impressed. Wow. Okay. 94. Yeah. So I had just, so you came to Langara in 96, right? 97. 96, 97 was my first year. Yeah. That's right. I had to sit out the first semester for certain yeah. reasons, right. but yeah. Right. Yeah. And we hosted. So we I had did. started in Langara just a couple of years before that. So 94. That's crazy. Yeah. And then how was that? I mean, you know, working in what was the BCCAA at that time, obviously knowing there's some resource issues, you know, you got to work with what you can. I was always impressed with how we were treated. Things were on point. The equipment people were great. And then you started to develop a little team around you. And when you think about, and you'll never give yourself credit, but you think about you know, like what Clayton Monroe has done, what Jake McCallum has done, what Mike Clark has gone and moved on to. Those people were all mentors under you, T. Like they all saw you, they, they observed you, they worked with you, they asked you questions, they made mistakes, and they have all moved on to like great things, right? Jake's the AD yeah. at Lang. Mike has moved on and been a head coach in the CIS or U Sport, whatever you call it. And Clayton's mm-hmm. moved to that to another thing. So, it's very cool, right? And and when you think you think about yourself as being a small community person growing up, could it get any better? Like, is trail not the Langara? You know what I mean? I feel <laughs> like I feel I, yeah, like very the, true. Yeah, like I just yeah. it was such a great place to play sports, and you know the Dave Griffiths and the supporting the different teams and the road trips and just so much fun, right? And you did such a phenomenal job there. How were you able to learn on the fly? And did you take a little bit of like? Were you like a look in the mirror every day? Like I could do it. Like I'm a powerful woman. Or are you just like, was that not in your process? Cause I think from a podcast perspective, we want more just great females on this show and your story is amazing. So I think it's important to share some of your sort of mental perspective in terms of in a, what would be perceived as a male dominant world, mm-hmm. right? The, you know, athletics, how did you go with about building female athletics was still making sure the male side was taken care of. If what I'm saying makes sense. Oh, no, it totally makes sense. And, and, you know, when I went into that job, it was male dominated for sure. I, uh, I think I learned from my, learned it from my mom and my dad, three things. And it's the three things that I've really built my professional career on. And it started at Langara. Mm -hmm. So um, professionalism has always been really important to me. The way you dress, the way you carry yourself, the way you speak to people, the way you do your job. That's really, really important to me. Integrity and respect. And you can't earn respect if you don't give respect. And I learned those really early on. And I think for a while, they they were just kind of in my head, but I didn't really use them. But Mm -hmm. now when I look back like that, that's what I built my professional career on. And, you know, I might not, I might not be the most experienced or the smartest person in the room, but I'll be the most prepared. And at Langara, I had to learn a lot on the fly. And as you know, right, you, you said it earlier, there's not a lot of resources in the college system. And, and certainly back then, uh, there was less than there, there was now. So I was the AD 
I was sports information. I did some marketing. I think I was a facility attendant for a little while. I ran intramurals, right? And but I tell you what, I sure learned a ton. And uh, all in the business suit, for the record, people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you have to dress for success too. You got it. But no, I, I loved it. I actually loved Langara because I really that's where I really sunk my teeth into my first role in sport administration. And the CCAA is an amazing organization that. Uh, you know, I just learned so much and have so much respect for for all the people that have been involved in the CCA. So that that was Langara. And, you know, I was there for 11 years. We hosted championships. We won championships. We, you know, I watched student athletes like you grow on to, mm-hmm. you know, go on to be so successful. And, uh, you know, you take a little bit of pride in that thinking, wow. And when you when you left Langara, you know, you had two championships under your belt. You went to Brandon you graduated, you played basketball there, you graduated, you became a teacher like that. That's a success story. And Mm -hmm. and that's why, honestly, we do what we do. We want the student athletes to any, any day you can make a positive difference in the life of student athletes that I think you've won. And and that's how I kind of judge myself on, on um, how I do in my job. Mm -hmm. It's really watching, wanting to help student athletes and watching them succeed. Love it. And it was great. It was, Mm -hmm. it was it was a great time. And, and, you know, a lot of people have asked me too, yeah, what was it like working with your husband? And, uh, you know, at the time Kevin was faculty at, at Langara and then, you mm-hmm. know, coaching was part-time, although, you know, probably spent more time coaching than, yeah. <laughs> than you do other things, but we figured out a way to make it work. And we figured out a way to, you know, there's some stuff you talk about and there's some stuff you don't talk about. Yeah. And, uh, we just, you know, there's growing pains along the way. No question. I learned how to be quiet after, you know, a loss. But <laughs> it was it was great, and it was a huge learning for the both the two of us. Yeah, it was it was really a great eleven years for sure. The best part is like you were still his boss. It was great. It's just awesome. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> we, should, we should have had a tally. We should have had like a Reagan Smith, right? <laughs> How many roasts of Kevin this episode? I, I think I'm at at least five, and I know he's going to listen. <laughs> I, he's probably going to text me at some point when he listens to this, but. Um, you know, Aaron, you know, Mitch, you know, and you, and you, there's some things, you know, you, that'll just stay in the memory books, but you'll remember this line from nobody is going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Do, should we share the story? <laughs> sure. Sure. Do you want okay. to start with, I was nine months pregnant. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. We'll not leave that out. There's no, yeah, no, you're, you're not a psycho. That's not what I'm about to say. Yeah. I mean, if you weren't, you were absolutely valid in your thoughts, but uh, the Hansons always would host the end of the year party. You know, we had, we're having some fun and we were sitting in the other room watching game film from the year, which is the lamest thing ever. Like there was a, we made a highlight video, right? Just all spliced together. (laughs) Breaking it down. And Teresa's nine months pregnant with Jess and all of a sudden the, the conversation they're living in white rock and the conversation is let's go to lummy island lummy island for those that don't know is across the border and it's a good you know it's a good 45 minutes hole and we're talking about taking a cab to go to the casino and Teresa out of nowhere is just <laughs> top of the lungs like nobody is going anywhere <laughs> i proceeded to sleep in their living room uh, with my cast and have ants <laughs> eat through my cast and into my leg for the entire evening. But Hey, that's okay. I, uh, but we digress. Yeah. 
<laughs> it sounds, you know, it's, you know, it's funny to you, the way you're talking is it's like Langara was your extended Selkirk. It was like your introduction to, and not to say bigger and better things. That's not the way we're going to frame it, but just sort of get your feet wet, learn, and then you get the opportunity to move to, you know, to UBC and then to SFU and, what an honor and privilege it must be and have been to represent those universities. And I know your time at UBC, there were some things that happened and you, there's a role that you wanted, but now when you look back, what an experience and, and what is your, how do you continue to at your age, knowing that maybe retirement, I don't know, I'm, we don't need to go there looking at you, you look like you don't need to retire at all, but, uh, <laughs> but just what, what's most important to you as an athletic director, uh, you've talked about kind of the success stories, but for you, how do you wake up every day and make sure that you're still inspired and doing the best you can, because I've always really appreciated it. And the way you describe yourself, the professionalism and all those things, I saw those things, even at 20, they, they were very obvious, um, and they were very present and it made for a good environment. Uh, because the tone was set, not in some sort of bad way. It just was, mm -hmm. this is the standard and this is who our, this is our leader, right? The leader of our leader. So again, 38 questions in one, but uh, <laughs> how do you wake up every day still inspired and, and doing what you do? You know, I've been very fortunate that I've been part of three amazing institutions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Langara, as we've just talked about, uh, and then I went to UBC for 10 years. And um, is that long, hey? Yeah, I, I, UBC, excuse me, from um, 2005 to 2015. Wow. And uh, and then, you know, I've now been at Simon Fraser. Actually, you know what? Six week, six years to the day, December 15th. Right now. 2015, yep. you got to be crapping me. Wow, there you go. Just realize that right now. All the and times so, that you brushed us off for the podcast and then we did it on your anniversary. <laughs> look you at know? that. Look at this. Look, it was meant to be. It better. Right? <laughs> but, you know, um. I do feel really fortunate for being part of three uh, and, and like very highly regarded and, and amazing institutions in their own right. I'm really proud of the role I have at Simon Fraser. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at that job at a time where I didn't know what was going to be next. And, uh, and you're right. You know, there were some things at UBC that, that weren't, um, that weren't great, but my dad taught me a long time ago to always take the high road. You know, I, uh, I'm a firm believer in that. And uh, that opportunity came up at, at Simon Fraser at the right time, and and it was it was the right the right job for me. So I, um, you know, went after it and um, and got it, and here I am six years later. But um, can't remember what your question was, but I <laughs> I it. do uh, I do feel very fortunate for that. And you know, along the way, one of the things that I always think is really important when you're in the roles that I've had is you need to. Well, at the same time, learn, you need to give back. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a huge proponent of, of being involved on different committees or boards or whatever it is. So that started at Langara. You know, I was involved in the BCCA. I was involved in the CCA at, at you know, the, the board level. Same at UBC with CIS at the time and Canada West. And at Simon Fraser, when I started at Simon Fraser, um, I had a conversation with my boss who said, you know, I think for the first few years, you know, we, we need you on our campus. There's, there's a lot of work to do here. So that, so that was great. So I wasn't involved in any really extracurricular volunteer boards, but now I've been there for six years. And uh, this year I was named to the um, NCAA division two athletic directors association board. 
And next year I start on the Division II Management Council board. Say yeah. it again for the people in the back. Just Can you just name those titles again? I mean, I, I was going to bring it up, but just say it again for the people in the back. So I am <laughs> on the board of the Divi- NCAA Division II Athletic Directors Association. Mm-hmm. And then I've been named to the NCAA Division II Management Council starting next year. And I represent our conference. And, um, you know, those are governance boards. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to that work. It's it's a lot of work. But um, again, when you look at networking and, and you look at how it helps your institution and how it helps your conference and helps me grow, it's, um, it's, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, uh, It'll be really fun in a lot of ways, but again, a lot of work, but I've never shied away from that. Bang. Helps the institution, helps the conference, and it helps me grow. If you're not listening to those words, people, and that's what you answered it without answering. It's like that constant growth, right? Like if you have to find different ways to have that growth mindset and challenge yourself and you're, you're gangster, man. It's awesome. I love it. You know, it's so you know, cool. Mitch, and I just picture those meetings, you walking in and just a whole bunch of dudes and you're like, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love it. And you know, we're, we're, uh, uh, I think we're moving the needle a bit, but it still is pretty, pretty male dominated for sure. But, um, Say there's, more. A of, there's a lot of good things happening and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, I'm involved with another organization called women's leaders and, uh, and it's all, about promoting women and lifting women up and, and help, you know, building confidence and mentoring young women to get involved in sport and get involved in, in, uh, you know, different, different areas of sport. And um, that, that's where I think, you know, if, if we can continue to make that difference for young female student athletes or young female uh, sport administrators, just starting out, mm-hmm. that's where I think I can, I can play a role. And, and then everything we do, you know, on any of these boards or committees or whatever it is, um, the decisions we make impact student athletes, right? You talk about scheduling, you talk about eligibility, you talk about compliance, you talk about rules and regs and practices, best practices. It's all about how you support student athletes. So why wouldn't you want to be involved in that? Because that's, you know, that's that's what we do. That's why we do what we do. So their experience is, is a good one. I'm just pausing because this is where Corbin will like throw an intro or some music because Like I like to say on the show, you're speaking the gospel, girl. Love it. (laughs) You ready for some fun questions? We can get you on your way. All right. Let's let's see. All right. right. Let's see if I can answer them. Okay. Uh, Let's throw, maybe your experience has been a while, but how do you feel about ketchup on macaroni? Never. Never. I'm Italian. No. Period. Done. There Period. you go. Done. You've heard Next. it. Great. Uh, dead or alive, got the best seat in the house. What concert are you going to? Well, considering that I've seen Neil Diamond four times, okay, <laughs> he's off the list. But, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, but Tina Turner. Have you seen Tina? No. Did you get it? No. Okay. No. So that's one that I would have loved to love to see her in concert. Reagan got to go. She said it oh. was unbelievable. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. Shout out Tina. Love it. That's the one. Tina Turner, you bet. Okay. Do you have time to read much these days? Is there an all-time book that stands out? Or what TV show when you get a chance to just sort of put the phone away? Again, there's a 40-part question. 
you pick whatever you like and go with it. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. Okay. Um, I try to read, and when I read, I try and get the trashy stuff, right? Just something that's <sighs> simple, simple to read. Teresa uh, Hansen. I know because you know, usually yeah. I'm reading like books on leadership and you yeah. Know, that kind of stuff. But it's favorite like the, TV, yeah, Crazy Anatomy. Really? And my daughter and I have been watching that since she was, I don't know, too young to even pronounce it. That's our show. Too young to pronounce McSteamy or McDreamy or you got whatever. It. <laughs> and I'm going to give you one more on that. Please do. Favorite movie? Again, Jess and I, Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2. Wow. Wow. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It, it's been going so well. I refuse to let that disrupt <laughs> what's happening. Like the mojo's good. So we. <laughs> um, who have been some of the most important people in your life? Oh, I've already spoke about my dad and my mom. My mom, the consummate professional. My dad, my hero, uh, who sadly we just lost in in May. So I'd yep. uh, be most proud to be listening to this for mm-hmm. sure. But you know what? Mitch, Kevin, and Jess. And mm-hmm. my daughter inspires me every day. And I'm so proud of Kevin and what he's done and what he's what he did at Langaran, what he's done at UBC. And um, so they're my heroes. Awesome. Love it. If you could go back to one game, AD player, like anything, mm-hmm. or you can you can you can two-part this if you want, but is there a game that you could go back to and for mm-hmm. what what reason? One game. Yeah, I would like to. If be- you say it's one-on-one in the backyard with your husband <laughs> or daughter, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Stop. let's see. Let's see. Yeah. If I could go back to a game when I played, okay? Yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to beat Gonzaga back in 1985. Why wouldn't you? Right? Exactly. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't I? Um, but uh, you were in this game. Don't say it. Point- yep. Grant oh, McEwen. She's going to say it. Oh, no. I'm hitting my head on the microphone. <laughs> you got it. What was it? 1997. No, 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 Mitch. I'm going to 1998 when you won the first national championship. Oh, there you go. See? Okay. That one. You know what? That game, that championship game, watching you and Randy and whoever else was on the court at that time and Kevin on the sidelines and, and uh, beating Dawson College in that game. It was, it was, that was, um, that was a pretty cool moment. That was yeah, it was. And yeah, I, I'd was. relive that any day. Me and my camera on the sidelines because I couldn't sit still. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was good though. You used, you used your, like, you used that into something good. You took pictures. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Like yeah, you didn't, exactly. you didn't pace, you didn't smoke, you didn't, you know what I mean? Nope. Like you, you took photos. Yeah. It was good. Well, yeah. At a time, those aren't digital cameras, by the way. Do you oh, know no. how many rolls of film I went through? Oh my God. <laughs> I can only imagine. That was a pretty fun night. I'll give you that. If, you know, I know, I know you're so fit. You take care of yourself. But the Sunday, lazy Sunday, you get to grab a bag of chips. What are you grabbing? Miss Vicky's the blue ones. What's that? Sweet chili, sour oh, cream. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very good chip. I'll I'll reach for salt before sugar any day. Really? Yep. So yeah. Yep. Yep. I'll nice. go with the savory over the sweet. You bet. Well played. That's a very <laughs> good that's a very good bag. In your minds, mm-hmm. and everybody hates this question because they're worried about leaving people out, but 
maybe that someone you played against or some people that you've seen, who are some of the greatest players that you've had the chance to just see and experience, coach, see, play against? Okay, I'm going I'm to go to uh, when I coached with Allison at Simon Fraser. Yes, please By do. the way, we left that out. That's we did. Heaven, right, but that's okay. Coach with it's... Allison her first two years up there. Yeah. And uh, watching that whole crew of Michelle Hendry and Andrea Snyder and Nadine Caron, like they were amazing. You know what's and... funny, T? I remember going up with my dad and watching those teams play. Like we would drive up and watch. It, it was we crazy. Packed the, the place gym. was packed. Yep. It was amazing. It, it was legit. Year, it was the first time that uh, we beat Western Washington to go to the national championships. And uh, it was, the place was rocking. So, you know what? I have a ton of respect for those girls. And uh, and that was really, you know, Allison's first recruiting class. And we all know what Allison went on to do, uh, both at Simon Fraser and, and beyond. And uh, so, yeah, I was really proud of that. And so the, those are some pretty amazing basketball players, for sure. Cool. Love it. Okay, two more questions. Okay. Um, one is pressure filled for you. Who would you like to see on Hoop's Journey? But you have to help us get them on the show. Oh, so okay. that's like a that's like a hey, maybe you already know about this podcast, but I think you'd be really good. Okay. AKA Allison McNeil, who I saw at a coaching clinic and yeah. needs to get on, and she says she has nothing to share, but that's BS. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> talk about humble. Allison would be amazing on here. So she'd be my first one to tell you to, to bring on here. Okay. okay? She, she'd be awesome. You know who I else agree. would be really good yeah. to be on here? Brianne Watson. Okay. I'll, yeah. get, I'll get her on there. And you, and you, and if she gets on here, you ask her one question, you know, she'll talk about her days, at University of Washington, and, and you just have to remind her on who passes the ball to the posts. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. But you know, okay. she'd be great. She'd be great. She's got a great basketball history and now she's the associate director um at simon fraser working with me and she's got a great story to tell well you you kept it close to home but tomorrow when you're in the office make sure you say something i will <laughs> you bet okay. i'm gonna tell allison too <laughs> do it all right last question t you're a superstar you've always been an idol in my eyes you know that and uh you're such a just amazing person what you've been able to accomplish and who you are and how you carry yourself strong just amazing. Looking back on it all, if you could do it all again, you would what? I think I I think I'd enjoy the smaller moments more. Hmm. There's Say more. Lot, there's there's lots of great little wins in a day. These days I wake up thinking I just want to win the day. I just want to <laughs> want to win the day, and then I, I'd be happy. But you know, sometimes you're always looking for the, the the big wow, right? And 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 it's almost like just wanting to win a national championship and forgetting about all those great things you got to do to get there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that sometimes when I look back, um, always looking to, to be better and do something, do something better and, and improve what we do. Um, but sometimes forgetting that those little things along the way are really significant. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to remember that now, but in my early years, I, I, um, I don't know. I think I was too, too busy working hard to kind of stop and smell the roses a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would do over. Love it. Amazing. Any last reflections before we let you go? I think Thoughts? you are amazing. <laughs> I do. I, you know what? I'm, I'm so proud of you, Mitch. I think this is so neat that you are, you are talking to people about their stories. And in doing that, you're building this amazing community of people and you're contributing to the community. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just, 
think the world of you. So thank you very much for having me on tonight. And, uh, and, you know, I always, you know, you're one of my all time faves. So I wish you nothing but the best. Love you. You are amazing. Uh, An awesome episode. Not much else to say. Thank you to our sponsors, Parkside Brewery and Good Live Clothing. Go back and listen to this one. There's lots of little nuggets for you. Teresa Hansen, your golds. Jerry, your golds. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Mitch.